0: You, I need you to rate and subscribe the after school special podcast. Let us know how we're doing and what kind of episodes you want to hear.
1: Thinks. Introducing, Introducing from the rough, rough streets, streets of, of Brooklyn, Brooklyn New York, York Data Daita! And from the great state of California, Salacious. From the hardcore streets of Detroit, Michigan, we have the effervescent E.
0: talking wrestling that's what we're fucking talking about we're talking nostalgia the memories the the fights mainly one in particular wrestlemania 3 the one that we all agreed on when we think wrestling we think wrestlemania and we think david versus goliath hulk hogan versus andre the giant and we do have a special guest with us today the effervescent e
2: yes sir so, i'm so happy to be back again thank you for welcome having back
0: me. welcome back sir and you my friend already talking to you about some of this stuff because you i loved wrestling as a kid and kind of even going into later years because i got back into it recently but it was it was tough, man. Wrestling in general, correct, was multiple factions broken up as much as possible. And I know you said that it's hard to determine how many... Territories. Territories. Uh, you also had outlaw territory. So it was really hard to determine how many there were at the time. But I guess you could technically say that WCW and WWE, when going into the golden age of wrestling, or at least those were the ones like 90s, 93, somewhere around there. Like that's where all territories kind of just dissipated and it was more or less a monopoly. They were competing against each other.
2: Definitely. By the time, essentially, by 1987, the territories that have been a thriving business for 50 years at that point was essentially killed and it was the WWF, WCW slash NWA and you had AWA and ECW as kind of the always that third promotion, but by and large, the big two, the WWF and the WCW. Yeah,
0: the ones that I remember were for sure. Well, WWF now WWE because the World uh, Wildlife Foundation was like, "Fuck you, we're all about We've, the been, here, we've
3: been here first. <laughs> we added first. <laughs>
0: Yeah, WCW is now defunct. Thank you, Eric Bischoff. Right now, what we have right.
3: is what WWE, AEW, a- AEW, All Elite Wrestling. But All Elite Wrestling is more or so some recycled wrestlers too coming back. Yep. To do it so because they recently just had Sting come back and.
4: How many times is Sting gonna come back, Eric? Well,
3: Jesus
0: Christ, man! I thought he'd be in a walker by now. I love that guy. Hey, no, don't get me wrong. I love Sting, but uh, yeah, he, I is, do too. he is not getting any younger.
2: No, he isn't. No, he <laughs> isn't. But it's still good to see him because, you know, a couple of years ago, he was supposed to have received a, a career ending and perhaps life or at least physically by receiving a powerbomb, a buckle bomb by Seth Rollins that legitimately did a number on him. So it's great to see the man back healthy and in a rival company to the WWF. Oh yeah, I yeah, mean.
4: Are are they a legitimate rival
2: Not yes. just yet. I mean, you know, they they are on a national program, but I don't believe that Vince McMahon and the higher-ups in the WWE call it arrogance. I don't believe that they legitimately feel threatened by And that's not, w- yet. not yet. Not yet. Yeah, not that's
0: yet. where I'm like kind of because if you go on Reddit, there is a huge push for aew huge push and right there is telling you where the tables are going to turn and you know not to get too off on the new stuff because we're going to talk a lot about the old wrestling but i do think that the what you said e arrogance wise i don't think they're realizing how much competition is going to is going to build through that especially when everything opens up again because mind you aew started a little bit before the pandemic yes hit Yes. And they're gonna have. They survived a pandemic where you're seeing WWE's ratings plummet. Yes. And That's so true. I'm I'm excited to see all those guys in front of a live crowd. But well, they kind of did what Dana White did for
4: the UFC, right? Didn't they? They didn't get their own island, like Fight Island, but they were like in Florida doing a lot of the matches, yes. right? Yes. yes. Without audiences, they were just, <laughs> which was yes. weird because they were like try to like hype it up, but it, it was no one there, so
3: it was just like. Yeah, it's kind of hard without the fans there.
0: Like, yeah, come on, get you put your hands up? Like, who are you talking to? <laughs> a ghost? You could hear. You could hear all the farts going on as we were yeah, yeah, back yeah. and forth. <laughs> well, I was gonna say my earliest memory of wrestling, and not to bring up a character that we brought up before in my past, the person's name is Pat. Uh, had come over and brought over, I believe, I can't remember if it was WrestleMania or if it was SummerSlam. It was Hulk Hogan versus Sgt. Slaughter.
2: Mm. That would have been WrestleMania 7.
0: Was it WrestleMania 7 where Slaughter, like, turned into this whole, like, what is it, Iraq-type, the
2: dictator. The Iraqi turncoat, Saddam Hussein.
0: Saddam Hussein, yeah, he was... (laughs) He was along with Saddam Hussein. But I remember Hogan lost that match. And mind you, you know, we were one of them. Uh, see, that's where it's like, I don't know if it was WrestleMania, but I remember him losing okay. that match. Because Pat started crying and grabbing my shirt. <laughs> and he got... You You guys had some good times together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he works for the U.S. government now. But yeah, that was one of the earliest memories. And like, from there, I'm sure, I don't know if you guys did this, but we all did the backyard wrestling and whatnot and but we went a little far with it where he had a lot of land so you know we get crappy tables and whatnot and chairs and we hit each other with them so i probably have a little cte going on right <laughs> so now you
3: were doing the tables, ladders chairs before it became a thing huh
0: oh yeah now that was when we were a little bit older not as children but as children you know we were doing the wrestling moves and whatnot and but that is my earliest memory. That was a wrestle. You said WrestleMania Seven was your earliest. That's the one that I can remember. Like I said, CTE man. That's you get hit in the head so many times. With chairs. It was just weird because I read that Regis
4: Philbin was helping on with the commentary.
2: Yes, uh, he was at WrestleMania Seven and Alex Trebek.
4: <laughs> How yeah. Really?
2: Yeah, I believe it was Willie Nelson at WrestleMania Seven performed. America the Beautiful.
4: Yes. And they said Macaulay Culkin was there. Donald Trump was there. Chuck Norris was there.
2: Well, now, those were spread amongst various... Yeah, they were just in the audience.
0: Well, do you agree with this, E, that... Because what I read was WrestleMania three was like the pinnacle of golden age wrestling.
2: Yes. And just let me say this. Everybody knows that guy or that girl who claims that michael jackson's my cousin or you know michael jordan is my dad's best friend so now <laughs> I, I i never want to be that guy obviously and i quite frankly i despise those people but that being said i was privileged to be at wrestlemania 3 and when i share this with people it, it is almost as if I said that I was in Dallas in 1963, November. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you weren't there, but I was there. And it was one of the most memorable experiences of my life. I, mean, yeah. I, I literally came out of the womb uh, a wrestling fan, and it was great. It really was a phenomenal experience that I cherish into this day. So, yes, but to answer your question, Aaron, that was until we got to the Attitude Era about 98, that yeah. was the pinnacle of golden age golden age professional wrestling i mean we couldn't go any you couldn't you couldn't go any higher after that
0: i was gonna say do you think the problem was is maybe they it got too commercialized because then they started doing you know like what is it 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 almost looked or maybe it was before i'm not sure who did it before but like when the the bears won the super bowl and they did the uh, what is it the rap song and everything oh yeah the the, super bowl shuffle shuffle. (laughs) shuffle But then, like, uh, wrestlers started doing their own soundtracks, you know. That's where we get, yeah, you know, Hogan and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, yeah. a couple other wrestlers, Nikolai cool Volkov? Too. yeah, Nikolai Volkov, <laughs>
2: yes, yes, okay. it's all and coming so, back to me now. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Andre and Princess Bride, that's uh, Hogan, and Hogan, Hogan and Hogan and fucking, uh, Mr. Nanny, <laughs> Mr. 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 Nanny. What was that? No other
3: what was the other one where he's the Space Commando?
2: Suburban Commando.
3: Suburban Commando, yeah. Suburban Commando, he's in that one. And then, let us not forget, Bam Bam Bigelow. and yes. And uh, Major Payne. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Payne! <Pain! laughs>
3: oh, oh, yes. I heard you couldn't cut it in a real man's war. <laughs> oh,
0: I don't want to kill anybody off,
3: but is he dead? Yes. Yes, Dang unfortunately.
0: Damn. Jesus Which a lot of Throughout this When we're talking about Some of these wrestlers You will realize that Most of them Have died And that's kind of The sad part Is that Most of them Don't have Very long lives
3: Uh, No They don't And You know Just to bring it A little more current We talked about this before Where a lot of wrestlers Are Well they were trying To get Compensation For CTE Because Of the damage that was being done to them and the WWE doesn't give them health insurance so they were trying to get you know the Supreme Court to make a judgment on it and unfortunately the Supreme Court shot it down and the lower court had the final ruling on it so it's really a sad outcome to these men who have put their bodies on the line you know as as a wise man once said "It's, it's still real to me damn it
4: I like to get Eric's input on that. Like how do you feel about the CT, c t c c ds and c t e. Thank
2: you, God damn it. In terms of what John just uh, mentioned, I think it was accurate simply because, as Aaron introduced, there's so many territories. there's so many or was so many promotions that how could you because that that lawsuit was directed at world wrestling entertainment so how can you say that all of these concussions and all of these poor health things came from the wwe however i do think it's awful how the wwe all of the wrestlers don't have health insurance and they're labeled as independent contractors and that's just wrong that's just wrong there is no union there is no pensions you know you pay your own taxes so it's it's a really rough business and the thing that if nothing else i just hope that through all the silliness i love i am passionate about professional wrestling but through all out the silliness i just hope that the average person realizes the sacrifices one goes through to be successful in this business i mean it is it is a, a yeah. grueling 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 business to partake in it so i just salute all the men and the women who have put their lives and body on the line
4: now like the nfl has implemented you know safety rules in order to protect their athletes has the wrestling kind of done the equivalent to that they have.
2: They have. As you guys may remember, there were an awful lot of chair shots. That is, steel chair to the head in yesteryear, but that has been banned. They no longer do what is considered in the professional wrestling business as blading, which is taking a razor and gigging the forehead so one can bleed. Bloodborne diseases, of course, have put a halt to that. So, yes... They have done a lot of things to try to, you know, protect the performers. And, you know, I give them credit for that. So, yes, there has been, but maybe not not enough. But then again, it's like football. This ain't ballet. So, you know, there is a physical aspect to this.
0: I honestly believe if people had come out or lawmakers or, or whoever, the people that are making the rules now, hadn't come out and complained about this, I think Vince McMahon would still be doing what he was doing before. I agree steroids I think uh, I will be 100% honest I think Vince McMahon is a piece of shit
3: Vince McMahon <laughs> the person versus Vince McMahon the character are one and the same yes. in my opinion I think he's because, a maniac because when he became the character it wasn't until and I you can say that I'm wrong on this but for me he didn't become the character until the Montreal screw job absolutely absolutely yep. because wrestling and everything that went inside the ring was scripted. Outside of the ring, it had nothing to do with that. Everything was scripted. But when he screwed over Hart the way he did, and Hart spit on him, but you know, when they put him in that sharpshooter, and he spit on Vince McMahon, <laughs> that's when the characterization became... McMahon, the villain
0: dude that Lugie was fucking massive that was a hunk of mozzarella coming out of his mouth oh yeah disgusting
3: <laughs> disgusting <laughs> and he sat there and he drew in the middle of it i remember seeing the the highlights of this w c w yep so it became that whole big thing because they were offering him this pot of money you know old ted turner
2: over at Turner Classic. Yeah, but
0: they ended up they ended up fucking Bret Hart anyways. Yeah, yeah, He got
2: paid, but he didn't meet nowhere near the stock he had in the WWF.
0: I was going to ask you guys, who is your all-time favorite from... Well, no, nah, we could just do in general. Who is your favorite? Because I have a golden age wrestler in mind specifically, and I think maybe I kind of can tell who's... Everyone's favorite is except for maybe E. And I'm going to throw a guess out here and say Ultimate Warrior.
2: Close, very, very close, but no. And very shit. close.
0: <laughs> well, I got Bruiser Brody. Wow. The, the stuff that he was doing in, what was it, Puerto Rico? Or it was, yes. well, I know it was like Mexico, but the stuff that he was doing with Abdullah the Butcher it's just massively insane these death matches that were happening in Japan there was a whole start of like Bruiser Brody, Mankind. Those are my guys or oh. Cactus Jack.
3: That's dude, who dude, I dude. was going to say, man. Damn it, I was going to oh, say sorry. Mick, fuck Mick Foley. Dude. Well, Mick Foley. You <laughs> got Dude
0: Love, you got Mankind. Dude Love,
3: Cactus yeah. Jack, Mankind. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Mick Foley. And I mean Anybody who can lose a testicle and still wrestle, hey. oh my God.
2: Hey, you can't be mad at Mick Foley, dude. Yeah. Do your thing, dude. Amen. E, who is your all-time favorite? You know, it's funny. I was just asked this question, and I, every year I have to reshuffle the deck. But to answer your question singularly, my all-time favorite wrestler has to be Ravishing Rick Rude. One of the absolute most entertaining individuals. If you don't know who he is, Google him, throw him into the YouTube machine there and see what it produces because he was just phenomenal. Entertaining today, tomorrow, forever. Ravishing Rick Root. Ravishing Rick Root. (laughs) Holy
0: shit. Yeah, no, dude. He was the perfect heel.
2: Definitely. Like, Honestly, all the time. Ugly, out of shape, Detroit sweat (laughs) hogs.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
4: I thought it was going to be Ric Flair.
2: Well, like I say, I reshuffle the deck every couple of years. So, I mean, you know, but pound for pound, I think I have to go with rick root and i love rick flair and shout out to bobby lashley who is the current wwe champion a black man who is just phenomenal bobby lashley is the current champion and he is amazing so he could very well easily have been one of my favorites too but i'm going with rick root rest in peace rick Rude.
3: do you like the current content that you're
2: getting from wwe
3: because i'm noticing that there's quite a few people of color who are now wrestling now that are being more prominent. The new day. The new day. The new, the new day. day. The, the yeah. booty o cereal. The booty o yeah. cereal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had a booty o. Eat more booty.
0: Before before you answer that question, E Don, who is your favorite? I was
4: at first, you know, kind of like E. Like I, I was more old school as far as like I was golden age. It was Hulk Hogan for a long time. Then it was Ultimate Warrior, and then after I really thought about it. What got me back into wrestling for a brief time when I was in high school, it it was The Rock, man. So I'll I'll say The Rock. It's
3: The Rock. The Rock. Can I do an honorable mention, Goldust? Oh, Oh, yeah, dude. Goldust,
0: anyone? (laughs) No, 100%. Goldust was a fucking performer. If you could get the audience involved and fuck with, like, Goldust, Goldust, for me was awesome because he would fuck with the other wrestlers and yes. like most of them you know probably weren't used to a dude trying to grab their dick
3: yeah yeah um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And his father was dusty rose that was his the real dad yeah
0: and then cody rhodes what cody rhodes is his brother any undertaker love or Kane love from anybody uh, undertaker
2: yes come on Undertaker is legendary. He he is one of a kind. There will never be another individual quite like him. Yes, that props to The Undertaker.
4: Because he had, like, two successful transformations where he's like... Uh, yeah, the uh,
3: classic Undertaker. You didn't like the, the motorcycle?
0: Uh, yeah, no, it's like a fucking American badass, Kid Rock bullshit. And I'm like, come on, dude, get over I'm yourself.
3: I was not a fan of that Undertaker, but I remember the storyline yes. when Undertaker's wife got kidnapped by ddp and uh that was a whole thing because they could not figure out who it was that had kidnapped uh, sarah i think her name was sarah who could not they couldn't figure it out and come to find out it was ddp who had went insane or some shit like that. <laughs> the funny thing about diamond dallas pages he tried to sue jay-z over the oh, the uh, rock the diamond yeah the the rock the rock symbol so he tried to sue because he was like, I did it first. So, you know, it did not go over well.
0: Jesus Christ, Diamond Dallas. Well, like he's got his fucking yoga shit. Just I. what well, Jay-Z did that first. What the fuck is he talking about? What the, the no, the rock, the diamond symbol. Well, yeah, but he did the whole like, you know, he broke it in half was the diamond cutter. Yeah, but th- this is just yeah, that's. <laughs> hmm.
3: Hey, so I also want to bring up another good storyline who hit Stone Cold in the limo. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> I you guys remember that? Yeah. yeah who it absolutely. turned out to be, Rakishi? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, fucking Rakishi. Rakishi, and what was the name of the tag team that he was coming out with?
2: Oh, Too Cool. Too, too Cool. cool. Was, too yes.
3: Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to try to do the worm. Every no. time <laughs> dude would do it, I would
2: try to do the worm, dude, because I just loved that move, man. Scotty Too Hotty.
3: Scotty
0: Ooh. Too Hotty, yeah. <laughs> Was it Scotty Too Hotty that passed away?
2: No, that was actually Grandmaster Sex A, Brian Pillman, who was Jerry Lawler's legitimate son.
0: Yep, yeah. See, and this is what most of this podcast is probably going to have, is at least one or two people dying every paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> These
3: poor guys, like, they are larger than life in the ring, but outside the ring, they're just human, you know, and that immortality doesn't last the legacy does but the uh, immortality of of the ring doesn't very well said very well said
0: a good representation of what wrestling what hey, did you guys see the movie the wrestler yeah yes yes yeah. Mickey yeah. Ward. yeah 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 i thought that was a pretty decent representation of some of the golden age wrestlers because it was based off of jake the snake roberts
2: this feels pretty good movie i mean you know I know that there are a lot of a lot of wrestlers hated how it depicted the back end of it, but it's true. But yes, I yeah. I, I enjoyed See, it. They hated
0: it. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it showed what it showed like a little too much the planning and whatnot because there is that you know there are some people uh, I think still that still think it's it's real. Which I'll be honest with you, it kind of is with the hits that these guys take yes. with the
3: jumps with the, the, oh, yeah, the you know physical, back in the day the yeah. chair jump is still a sport Yeah, but uh, it's a sport, sport it's a entertainment. sport that Sports entertainment. well <laughs> yeah it's on bleacher report but anyway <laughs> it is it, it it does have a following but it is entertain i i, I guess you could equate it to monster trucks almost like it, there's an entertainment value to it but these are people, not not your favorite driver. These are actual people who are doing the collision course with one another.
0: Yeah. Actually, John, what is your earliest memory?
3: My earliest memory of wrestling was I was in the Boy Scouts, and I went to the Palace of Auburn Hills to see mankind wrestle against The Undertaker. Wow. And at the time, I was pretty young. So I remember going and being awestruck seeing this arena and you know the palaces and it was an immaculate place to go. So to see um, all these people cheering for these two dudes to bludgeon each other was just uh, an awestruck thing and I remembered the theatrics of it is what I fell in love with because when Mankind came out, I could not figure out if this dude was a human or an ape. (laughs) I just couldn't figure it out because he had that mask on. So I didn't know. And at that time, I think Mick Foley was a heel for that particular match because Undertaker came out with Paul Bearer. And when Undertaker would come out... Rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yes, Yes. When he would walk the tightrope of the ring... But when he would walk the tightrope of the ring, and would have the opponent's arm, and then just just jump down, I was just like, "Wow, man, this this is unreal!" Like as a kid, I was just so enthralled by watching all this. So it was fantastic. That's my earliest memory of wrestling. Is going to see that match.
4: My earliest memory—I was pretty young, but I, I can remember not really the specifics of how. I got to see a wrestling match but it was definitely macho man in his prime with his girl scary sherry but i can only remember that this was the only form of entertainment that an adult didn't like put me on like my brother didn't put me on as far as like influencing me to watch it was just something i found and it was like Mm -hmm. the first thing that i could claim as a kid that was mine but as far as like the match itself i just remembered it came on, what, Saturday mornings or Saturday? Af- no, afternoons, right?
2: I, believe. I think it was mornings. Mornings? The mornings in Detroit. Mornings yeah. in Detroit, man.
4: And I remember Macho Man coming out in the throne with Scary Sherry. Oh, yeah! At that time, rooted for Hulk Hogan. But Macho Man was definitely, like, the second guy that I, I probably gravitated to the most. But I remember early 90s, maybe late 80s. I just found it. It was one of those times you know how your parents did. If they didn't have a babysitter for you, the next best thing was TV. So they just turned on the goddamn
3: TV.
0: Oh hell yes.
3: Yeah, and I just found it. And it was just like, "Oh shit, what is this?" Mm-hmm. TV was a ba- er, a babysitter for a lot of millennials in the early <laughs> It still is. And yes. stuff like that. Still yeah. is. I yes. um, I can yes. tell you that with macho man his his personality was larger than life, man.
4: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, we we all got to do a, do an impression. Everybody got to do an. impression. Oh yeah! Oh yeah!
2: Dig it!
1: Oh yeah! <laughs> oh dig it!
2: And let me just let me say one thing here: not to be that guy again. Okay. However, <laughs> in the fall of 1999, I was privileged to meet. Randy Savage at an autograph sign signing with his beautiful girlfriend and he was a great guy. I went to shake his hand and I, I always had a pretty firm handshake, even as a, as a younger fellow. And I remember kind of clutching it tight because I felt like this is a massive man. This is macho man. This is the guy I grew up, you know. And so when I grabbed his hand, I said, thank you, man. You provided me with a lot of years of entertainment and he looked at me with such shock and astonishment wait how old were you this little I was in t- sophomore. I was sophomore, but you know, I am and wasn't in high guy. school. But yes, yes. And uh, his girlfriend was there, uh, Gorgeous George. I grabbed her by the hand and told her she was a very beautiful lady. And it was just a, a very memorable experience. But I had to throw that in when we're talking about the man. Macho Lady oh, yeah. Savage I had the privilege of meeting him and getting his autograph. Bloomfield Hills at Murray's Auto Parts in the fall of 1999. Talk about a throwback! Fuck off
4: the top rope, oh, Murray's. Murray's. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Was he shopping there? What, what is he doing there?
2: <laughs> yeah, weird. I, I think there was some type of cross promotion with the Murray's mascot and Savage. Having he looked child. like that
3: dude, right? But I was just gonna say real quick before we move on <laughs> is I remember two pivotal things with Macho Man. Macho Man being in Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man. And I remember him, Bonesaw. Bonesaw Bonesaw. in Spider-Man. And I remember him. He was a... And a lot of people don't remember this cartoon, but Dexter had a cartoon within a cartoon called Dial M for Monkey. And he played Razlore, the fabulous wrestler from another planet. And it was just unreal hearing Macho Man doing this cartoon character and he had to wrestle Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and Monkey ended up beating him. It was just hilarious, because he's like, I do not like your foot so high. I do not like it, Samurai, because he had to fight the Silver Samurai. It was fantastic, dude. It was great. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah, you got to look that up, man. and his uh, Yeah, Razzlor. That was his name. And he ended up having to fight. Ring partner was Fly Guy. Which was a shot at Don King. It was a fly with Don King hair, which was great.
0: I was gonna say, like, more of the important characters, especially when wrestlers just could not act well. Like Undertaker, he could, but he was stone faced all the time. So he had Paul Bearer to show that emotion. Like the guys that were in their corner a lot of the time were just as important as the wrestlers themselves. Like the body, Bobby the Brain, he, Bobby the Brain, yes, who by far one of the best cornerman heel
2: without a doubt around
0: yes. who is the best cornerman? that's your best
4: corner man of all time
0: yes I think so a Paul Bearer was really
2: good too yeah he was I think I have to go with Bobby Bobby was phenomenal yeah he Bobby really the brain. was yes yeah. he 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 <laughs> um Commentary as well. He's quite funny. Him and Gorilla Monsoon. I mean, they have a tandem, a classic back and forth energy and chemistry that is just unbelievable. But I I think I'd have to go with uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan as one of the best managers of all time.
0: Agreed. Because he he was able to help, you know, Andre the Giant, as big as he was, you know, it's as soon as that was basically the catalyst for WrestleMania 3. All of a sudden, Bobby the Brain Heenan comes in. Behind Andre the Giant, and you know Andre the Giant then rips Hogan's shirt and crucifix, and then you're just shitting on all the little Hulkamaniacs. You're shitting on America, and you're shitting on Jesus. Uh-huh. Ripped the shirt <laughs> of that great American.
1: Uh, well,
0: great once, American, again, Falcon, Hulk, once again, once again, yeah, I was gonna say once again to follow E, fuck Hulk Hogan.
2: Yes, can I can I just make sure that I'm recorded saying this? Fuck all, (laughs) Kobe.
0: And I gotta say, I gotta say,
2: say, and I I don't want everyone to know, I had my last santa claus is not real moment in the summer of 2015 when i heard about the ridiculous disgusting things that he said and there's one thing to make mistakes there's one thing to be recorded when you didn't know you were being recorded but it's another thing to be confronted with this and this is my major problem with him to this day i'm sorry guys i gotta get this out do it do it preach he He is the biggest coward whom I have no respect for because any man or any woman who has any type of respect or dignity about them, when they are confronted with something that they've done wrong, they stand up and say, you know what? I did something that was wrong. I apologize for that. And I will work to make sure that that type of behavior never happens again. And perhaps along the way, I can help others see that that is not the way. But this coward of an individual, and I'm saying this as a man who I just idolized growing up. This coward of an individual backtracks at every turn. Well, when I was growing up, see, we used to greet each other by that name or, or, or you know, when I was he, he he never just straight said, hey, I was wrong. Please forgive me. I was wrong. Perhaps even helping within the black community. But he was a coward who took the shortcut route and always saying, well, I did it. But he says it. I did it. But they say it. No be a man like savage said be a man honk and and admit to your wrongdoings and say i was wrong and don't put anything on the back end of it i'm sorry i was wrong i'm sorry guys no yeah, no fine. that was it's,
3: fantastic yeah. and kudos to you sir for yeah. bringing that out because i hope that fucker hears this episode just to <laughs> get here you know
0: brother i can't be racist brother because i have black friends and, and that's, like, ba- what, that's basically what, what he said, didn't it? <laughs> and actually,
3: I, if I'm not mistaken, when that incident occurred, didn't some black wrestlers come out and look like, yo, I,
2: I know this guy. And he I like, didn't. Some wrestlers come out and just were dumbfounded by. Him? Well, yes, yes. There were several wrestlers who you know, or several individuals. But then the fellas that you mentioned earlier, the New Day and Titus O'Neil, black performers within the company today, they said that. When Hogan got in front of all of the people in WWE and apologized, the apology wasn't, I was wrong, forgive me, don't do this. His apology was, in today's era, with phones and everybody watching, watch what you're doing at all times. So it wasn't, it wasn't, he apologized kind of for getting caught. Yes. yes.
3: Rather than the content of what's being said. He apologized for being caught, and that's, that's not an apology. That's is That's not an apology at all.
0: I just want to tell the little Hulkamaniacs out there, don't get recorded saying the n word. What Hogan? Wow, great <laughs> advice. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Bravo. Oh. Don't get fired on your day off. Hey, I heard uh, about E. I heard about that too, and the complete and utter bullshit as to his apology. He, he's made no attempt to whatsoever, and it's like... Yes. The song that was played for him all the time is... is Real American. American. I am a real American. Well, yeah, I guess technically you are, based on history and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. fucking Christ. All right, well, yeah. Yes. But
4: before Before that, everybody that was their number one wrestler, like me, because... Oh, my God.
0: Hogan was yeah, my god. I'd go, well, actually, you know what? It wasn't, because... You were a lot of people were already hearing stories about what had happened in the WCW with Hogan, you know, not being able to work with people. The whole Bret Hart situation. because Bret Hart was my guy for a little bit. Mm. OK. And um, the whole situation that mm-hmm. happened in WCW, mm-hmm. Hogan would not give up the belt ever. And when he did and Nash ended up getting it, basically what happened WC. this is where WCW just started tanking. Because Eric Bischoff didn't know how to control the wrestlers These guys all had stakes yes. in the You know like stake in the company yes. So they were going to do whatever they wanted to do Hogan, Nash, Hall It was just a free for all What ended up happening was is Hogan goes up to Nash And taps him on the arm Nash falls over And then the belt switches The, be- the belt sw- uh, switched On WCW Nitro Okay the belt for me Awful Uh, You know, maybe I'm an old school guy When it comes to this, the belt should have always been Transferred during a pay-per-view Or a big event You know, and the fact that it was a Disgrace to wrestling And fuck them
3: Well, extrapolate on that, man Because you were talking about the Pay-per-view take earlier Mm -hmm. I think for the audience Why don't you, for for us hometown boys From Detroit, extrapolate on, On why that Would happen and pay-per-view wouldn't have mattered to us at that time
0: you mean wait so you're talking like wcw so this these two situations happen almost 10 years apart okay all right so andre the giant and everything the reason why they didn't want so wrestlemania back to wrestlemania 3 real quick the reason why they didn't want to supposedly have the pay per view in Detroit or the the Michigan area around Pontiac Silverdome was to get more people there. McMahon knew what he had because of WrestleMania one and two, and I think WrestleMania one was in Madison Square Garden nineteen eighty five. I'm not
2: exactly sure the date. Three different locations: New York, Chicago, and L A.
0: Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. It's all right. Was that Mr. T? Was involved Mr. With that T one. was
2: involved with the first and the second Mr. T yep. was in the main event of the first And he boxed Rowdy Piper in the second
3: Rowdy Piper, damn, why didn't I think of him earlier? Yeah, so Rowdy Piper, man
0: So with that, they wanted more people to get in there Vince McMahon knew what he had What is it? Uh, Vince McMahon Sr. had just passed away What, three months earlier? I believe And so there was kind of like an uproar There was like that magic in the air. And then they got the 93,000, you know, people in there with this for me. And it's old school when it comes to wrestling. I always thought that the belt should switch during a pay-per-view because it makes it more prestigious. It makes the belt more important. Because if it's switching during, you know, like... And this is the the heavyweight championship of the world. I think the Intercontinental belt had changed. The tag team belt had changed, you know, on Raw or something like that. But you never saw that happen. And then WCW did that. And then I kind of think... They they do it now, I think, all the time. Which kind of defeats the purpose. Like, you're seeing two fucking titans. Two burly, oiled-up men wrestle each other you know for for all you know for all the little kids like the the villain versus the bad guy i don't know it was like because i do think of it you know sport entertainment these guys go through a shit ton they also have to be pretty decent actors you have to be well rounded in everything when it comes to wrestling and people will probably you know if someone approached me out of nowhere, you know, like I was a kid in high school that was like, oh, did you see the rock fire You know, like all that stuff. And then I get thrown into a locker, which is fine. You know, it's fine. Aaron, I, I do
2: have a question. I want to ask yes, sir. you about what you spoke on in terms of the titles being exchanged or, or won or lost at the big events. Now, looking at the business from all perspectives, do you think it adds a layer of realism when a title can in fact be exchanged at not the biggest event now granted in the past years, they have played hot potato with the title, many titles is where it doesn't mean anything. But do you understand my question? Do yes. you believe it adds a layer of realism? Because then the audience, us, we never know what might happen. So we always have to tune in. We always have to go to the events because you just never know what might happen.
0: I get it. I just think it takes away The big Yeah, the importance of it What that Mm -hmm. belt means I I think It just In a sense Because I do agree with you To some extent Where it's like You know, it throws you for a loop You could do shit they could lose the belt tonight. We got to watch, a, you know, big yes. f- fucking Brock Lesnar, who I'm not going to talk shit about because if he ever finds out where I live, he's going to kill me. Um, yeah, I'm ter- oh. I'm terrified of that man. Even watching him on TV, Brock was a um, motherfucker, man. Yeah, yeah, he
3: went to MMA too, right? And was dominating the, over there for,
0: for for a minute. F- oh yeah, you fuck up a move with Brock Lesnar, he's going to make sure you know about it by just punching you in the fucking face for real. But Vicious. the whole thing is, it just it loses. I think it loses the importance of it like the the heavyweight title or titles in general you know like uh, tag team and all this stuff because the 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 pay-per-views that i remember the most is when those belts switched hands you know you have tab- tables ladders and chairs oh my christian versus yes. nice With Edge and Christian versus uh, the Hardy Boys versus the Dudley, you know the Dudley Boys. Go ahead. That
3: was another storyline that crossed into the realm of reality when Lolita left Christian and when oh, we the hard, Lita Lita, yeah Lita. yeah Lola. Lolita's yeah, Lolita. what is that
0: that's a book about a great
3: girl <laughs> yeah yeah Lolita <laughs> <laughs> same thing <All> experience, <laughs> well, like, I, I, we
4: we got listeners now like like checking our stats did you see that John on Twitter like uh-huh. oh he said you i think you fucked up something last episode and like, oh, i can't believe he said it. i'm like what the hell that's good. They're they're listening now. <laughs> they're listening. Though. I, I I gotta
3: give them something to fucking talk about.
4: Oh, I I know. I do every episode. I'm fucking up. So,
3: but yeah, Lita left. I think it was one of the Hardys or the or Christian Christian Edge, and it was just unreal, man. Like they got into a real off scripted battle. So and yeah. they got scripted into real life.
0: Matt Hardy. Was I don't know if they were married but it was boyfriend And girlfriend with Lita And what ended up happening was is Lita Cheated on Matt Hardy with
3: Edge Yes that's what it was
0: And then there's the whole like they it actually yes. Came to reality and there's a scene where like Edge And Lita are under a bed And they're like you know doing whatever That was Attitude Era And that's where everything was fucked up You didn't even know if you were gonna see a titty on a Pay-per-view and <laughs> uh, like we're Watching the entire time Sable Um What's her name? China Was China
4: during that time?
2: Yes, she was there during the Attitude yep. Era. Rest, right. yeah. peace. Rest in peace. But actually, Miss <laughs> Kitty was one of the ones who actually went on ahead and uh, revealed her, t- her breast on paper for you. <laughs> no, and... it's okay.
0: You can say titty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Who? Who revealed
2: who, who,
1: who <laughs> that
0: Teddy?
2: Miss Kitty. Kit, what is it? Uh... Her real life name is Stacy Carter. She was married to Jerry Lawler. In December 1999, she bore her breast on pay-per-view. Armageddon was the show, and she showed her titties. <laughs> titties, titties.
4: Love it. <laughs> she bore her breast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: As a kid, you're like looking at it, it's like, oh, there's, there's a booby. <laughs> was it like
4: Janet Jackson during the Super Bowl? Was it like really fast? It was like a peekaboo, and then no, oh man, no, it no, was no. Both of them. It yeah, was, oh. it, was, it was both of them. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what was the best like female wrestler? China. Yeah, I China. Was just I like Stratus too. She grew on me.
3: Yeah, China.
4: What was her name? Oh, gonna
3: say, well, Trish Stratus. Yeah, Trish no, Stratus. she was. Yes. Fan-
0: yeah, she was fantastic. I like. But her. like. I, yeah, I'm thinking old school because a lot of the wrestlers, female the wrestlers, yeah, female wrestlers now are like I'll be 100 percent above and beyond the Attitude Era and oh, um, it's and not like, even they, close. they are insane yeah, on definitely. par with a lot of the male like actually <laughs> the, uh, equal to the male wrestlers. Yes. Uh, these women are insane with some of the yes. shit that they do. So props to them. Yeah. But yeah, actually toys. I was going to say, like, I didn't really get into a lot of the Attitude Era toys after that and whatnot. I was always into and still I'm into the like Golden Age wrestlers where you could just take like, I think Ultimate Warrior, all you could do with him was push him down and then he'd jump up the spring. <laughs> and then there was some that had like a super
3: punch, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. The, t- the toy line was based on the superstars of WWF WWE <laughs> uh, uh, Hasbro was the company that did the manufacturing from the 90s uh, from 1994 or excuse me 1990 to 1994 and they pretty much had what you said like action springs and different little maneuvers that they could do you push down an ultimate warrior he'll bounce up or you twist the body of one of them and it could do a super punch or something yep. like that. So collectors have been very excited for these toys and they're worth a lot of money right now if you have the original still in the cardboard and plastic cover.
0: Or they're probably worth like thousands. Eric collects all the motherfuckers. You know,
2: I'm I'm embarrassed to say that a couple years I sold a great portion of my Hasbro collection for a pretty fair pretty fair coin needed the money at the time. But yes, there is, especially today, a thriving secondary market for WWF Hasbro figures. They are the Rolls voice of wrestling collectibles in many ways.
4: What's the most sought-after
2: one from that era? One that I think actually, there, well, there's three. There is a Kamala with a moon on his belly as opposed to the produce, normal production run of a star and a moon. So it's Kamala. It is, which I had this, and I sold it like a damn fool. Bret Hart as a melloway with a pink, a purple heart on his uh, singlet as opposed to a pink heart. And then there is a Undertaker that was sold as a magazine mail away in his cloak, his long coat. And there is also a Greg Valentine in his rhythm and blues gear with black hair that uh, never was released. But a prototype exists, and it's gone for thousands, literally thousands of dollars. So,
3: yes. uh, I did some research on that era because they came with cards, too. Yes. And the cards with the action figure have fetched over $1,000. So it's just been phenomenal the type of support these action figures and cards have gotten. A very limited number of Hasbro action figures were released on a dual card, mainly being the U.S. slash French figures. You had uh, Dusty Rhodes, Brutus Beefcake, Rick Rude, Roddy Piper, Mr. Perfect, Hulk Hogan, Macho King, Coco B-Ware, and the Rockers are the known examples of that. There were some unreleased prototypes, but you know, wrestling also had magazines too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I remember seeing the wrestling magazines like uh, when the school would do the reading challenges and if you signed up for so many books and read them you could get a subscription for it free for a year so you get like the wrestling magazines or what yeah yeah or
0: they only fucking offered christian bullshit (laughs) at my school
3: we, we, well, I went to Catholic High School and they were like, if you sign up for Sports <laughs> Illustrated, you're not going to get the swimsuit edition. Bullshit. We, so people would sign up for Sports Illustrated to get the swimsuit edition. And as soon as it came in the mail, my door was shut. So
4: <laughs> the WWE magazine, I didn't know it stopped production in 2014.
2: Yes, yes. it was. it was just a cost-cutting measure. And with you know, damn near every publication, it's hard to really in this internet era. Since you know, it's hard to it's hard to maintain any type of uh, real publication. So they just cut a lost and and eliminated yeah. it. Has it switched to online, or they just cut it completely? They just cut it. I mean, with the subscription service, you know, they, they cut it completely. But I think you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it come back in some shape or form.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say this wwe network still going like the actual well it it actually trans it it
2: it it rolled over into the peacock network which i'm not a fan of that name whatsoever um so now because uh, of cock yes (laughs) sorry that's a poor poor
3: joke (laughs) yeah because wwe because i saw that wrestlemania was on there
2: Yes it was yeah. it was.
3: Surprised by that I was like on oh, Peacock Really? Yeah I noticed it Just recently too that like
0: everything switched Because I remember seeing A buddy of mine he had He had given me the WWE Network Yeah they had all the documentaries On there like I was pretty stoked At watching all that stuff but now, yeah, it's completely gone. Like,
2: our- yes, it, it exists in just in America. America and I believe Canada they are the only two places where we have reverted or, or or moved over to the Peacock. And the bad thing about this Peacock is that everything hasn't come over yet. So, I mean, I'm the type of guy that wants to see Starcade '89 or SummerSlam '92, and all of that stuff hasn't quite been transformed to the Peacock Network. But let me just say that the network proper, man, what a godsend. I didn't really have time into the pandemic to truly indulge, but that was one of the greatest, single greatest invention of ever. I mean, that thing was amazing. It had everything you could possibly want as a wrestling fan from yesteryear to today. So the network May it rest in peace as we knew it was a phenomenal, phenomenal application.
3: Yeah, the merchandising, like you said, man, it's so much stuff that we could talk about with WWE, WWF. The merchandising is just through the roof. I remember this, the slam buddies. Those big stuff Oh yeah uh, They weren't called slam But there's called something else I can't think of them now But they were I remember in the early 90s When they first came out The
0: You had Hogan Macho Man
3: Yep yep, Ultimate Warrior Warrior. They were like these Ted bears. Yeah like Wrestling (laughs) teddy bears almost But they were the Humans And you could wrestle them And stuff like that So you had that And then The ice cream Good God yeah, yes. yeah. The wrestling. We still have the ice cream, I think. Yeah, ice cream really? is still available, I think. Well, they, I think they, they trans- took them away and they then they transitioned
2: brought them back. it. Can you guys? And if you ever, if anybody's out there, supposedly they've come back, but for the life of me, I've never found them in any stores. I was able to find some Star Wars bars that were quite comparable, but they're not <laughs> the the WWE kind. So if you guys ever or anybody listening knows where. I can get the WWF ice cream or WWE ice cream bars. Please let me know.
3: I bet you they're still in Florida. Florida is so ass backwards. So, you know, they're probably still down there.
0: (laughs) Got Jolt Cola going
4: there. There goes our fans from Florida.
1: (laughs) 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 What the fuck did he
4: say? (laughs) (laughs) I think they already know. Are those bars, those ice cream bars, really that hard to find? Because I remember, man, that was... One of the few things that I look forward to in the summer, when the ice cream man first showed up, it was like a big rush. All the kids rushed the fucking ice cream truck, and everybody was looking for that Macho Man ice cream bar, man. Or whatever printed
2: wrestler you had um, I, I, I gotta tell you and this is no it was really really good like I, I grew up with a, a lot of girls on my block who didn't necessarily follow wrestling some of them did but I mean people who didn't even follow wrestling wanted to get these things they were really good that's no gimmick these things were phenomenal and uh, I don't know why they, they, they discontinued them for that brief period but like I said anybody knows where to get some uh, send me a note
0: I think it comes with, so with the bars and everything like that, wrestling, it does have to, like, it has this ebbs and flows, this wave kind of where it gets real popular for a little bit, then dies back down, I think, with, you know, getting rid of the ice cream bars because they did disappear for a little bit in between Attitude Era and the Golden Era of wrestling where a lot of people weren't watching. And now right now, I think... You know, attitude era came up. You saw him again. You saw the the magazine. I know the magazine did very well because everyone wanted to see Sable and you know, like all these other wrestlers. And and then I think with AEW, I think it can only go up from here because now they actually have someone that I I do think is a legitimate. Once people get back into the arenas and are able to see these shows, they're going to be a very big competitor. And I think. You know, this is the only thing maybe I agree with capitalism. It does, you know, it just boosts ratings for both. And then you have a ratings war, and it's back to, like, how I remember WWE and WCW going back and forth. Monday Night Nitro, Monday Night Raw, and then you had SmackDown after WCW decided to put out Thunder on Thursdays. And they were just going toe-to-toe the entire time. So when you have that competition, it only makes for better entertainment
3: and that's yes, a good thing. that's a yes. good thing. you we need that you need competition there shouldn't be a monolith of entertainment under one roof so especially within wrestling yeah, because it's so many talented entertainers out there they need to have their time to shine and i really don't care about vince mcmahon making another fucking dime if i have to say anything
2: about <laughs> <him>. yeah <laughs> damn but uh, I just want to say one thing before we close here, guys. I'm old enough to n- when the term geek and nerd wasn't cool. So I don't use those terms because I'm too cool to be a geek or a nerd. But you might just call me a wrestling geek. You might just call me a wrestling nerd. And it, and it excites me. So if at any point in time here I got a little too excited I got a little too in my feelings You just have to forgive me Because I am a diehard, passionate, professional wrestling fan And it looks like I'll always be
0: Dude, do you understand Like, to us You, you are E The biggest dicked motherfucker I know <laughs> So anything you say is golden and if it. anyone complains Giant crybaby oh, bitch Aaron Is coming after you yeah.
3: I will say, man, your exuberance for wrestling has been good because it 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 just ignites in me wanting to go and body slam someone through a table right now. Was yeah. that uh, your favorite uh, move, John? Not, back then, body slam, body slam through the table, tables, ladders, and chairs. Yeah, uh, yeah, that and hell in the cell. I love that,
0: Aaron. What was your favorite move? Camel clutch, Iron Chic. Uh, I will uh. humble you. <laughs> <laughs> man. What was yours, Eric? <laughs> DDT. Fuck yeah, man.
4: Jake yeah, the yeah, Snake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the Stone Cold Stunner.
0: Fuck yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. That was my shit. It was so again, uh, the people, disrespectful. The people's elbow, man. The people's, yeah, the people's elbow. elbow. <laughs> the people's elbow. Just a goddamn elbow drop. That's all it
3: was. It yeah, <laughs> was right. for the people. It in was in for, the, for people the people. people. <laughs> it was right. for the people. Right. So, <laughs> I'll just remember that shit.
0: Find new episodes every Wednesday where you listen to podcasts. And look for us on all the social media sites and Gmail at After School Special Podcasts at Gmail, After School Special Podcasts at Instagram and Facebook, and After School SPE3 on Twitter.
1: Giant crybaby bitch, Aaron's man.